Good evening. Good evening. It's good to have this number out with us for our second half of our worship service. And if you have your Bibles, be opening up with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. We're going to be going over the true vine tonight. We've made reference, one of the verses of reference this morning of uh, John chapter 15 when Christ really teaches that thought of being attached to him and being focused to him and letting all the cares of the world be done away with and having our focus on him and his heavenly father. should be our heavenly father too, by the way, if you consider that thought. So when we read John chapter 15, I know we've covered John chapter 15 before in the parable of the true vine, but I want us to recognize the necessity of being connected to Christ. It's, it's even in this day and age, we're so uh, hesitant to come out and we're hesitant to be with our our family and our friends and our uh, church worship service and all the, the functions of the church that comes together. We need to cast the cares of the world away and focus our minds and hearts and put it on Christ. Put it on God. So when we read this tonight, I want us to think about something. Are we really and honestly and truly attached to Jesus Christ? Because we're going to see something, and, and as we've read this before and as we've studied this before, you know the outcome of not being attached to Christ. And if it's been a while, we're going to refresh your minds tonight. So as we look tonight, in John chapter 15, beginning in the first verse. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he gives it. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless, the, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you'll be. When we think about Christ and the true vine, let me get this thing to hush. There we go. When we think about Christ being the true vine and us being the branches, if we take notice of this and, and as we study this again and again and over and over again, whenever someone prunes the vine, the, the fruit becomes more fruitful. The God is our vine dresser. As we learn this in verse 1, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Whenever we attach ourselves to Christ, us being the branches, because we're out there in the world and we're producing fruit, fruit unto righteousness, by the way. And of course, there's fruits unto unrighteousness, but we're going to focus on the fruits to righteousness tonight. Whenever we think about the things that we do, it's pleasing in the eyes of God. And we do the things that's most beneficial unto him and to those who are listening to our teachings. Listen to verse 8 before we get back into the beginning of this lesson. By this my Father is glorified. Not us. Not the, not the folks that you're talking to. Not Jesus Christ himself. 
the Father in heaven. He is glorified through our fruitless acts of worship. Oh, excuse me, the fruitless acts of work that we do to glorify God. That you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. You notice there's an action on our part there in verse 8. It's action on our require, requirement for us to be fruitful. If we're not fruitful, we can't be his disciples. We can't be a follower of Jesus Christ if we don't have work in our spiritual lives. It can and will not happen. So as we back back up in verse 1, Christ being the true vine and our heavenly Father being the vine dresser. Well, let's look back at the duties of the vine dresser. To cut those leaves back. To cut away the unnecessary things. And to do away with the things that, that, that voids the sunshine of getting to those grapes. When working, excuse me, in God working through our lives, through His Scripture, whenever we're aware of what He'll have us to do, those leaves and that unnecessary things will be gone and cut away. Or they should be. Our focus, again, needs to be on Christ. And our focus needs to be on God. It must be. In verse 2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. We've seen some spiritual growth here in Booth Chapel, very, very recently. And it's encouraging to see someone step up, try something new, and excel at it. Of course, there might going to be a little stumbling there, and, and, but they excel at it. They did a wonderful job, and some more spiritual growth is to come. We can see that spiritual growth working in our everyday spiritual lives. Where were you 10 years ago in your spiritual life? How about five years ago? We ain't going to go back 100 years, Jimmy. <laughs> we're just going to go back five. How were you standing in, in God's eyes five years ago? What were you doing? What were you doing to glorify God? Five years ago to present day, have you tried something new? Have you tried to excel in your spiritual life? Have you tried another work in your spiritual life? Because as we understand that God instructs us to grow spiritually, this pruning happens for us, to, the, the light to be shined upon the, our fruitful works and we're to be able to excel and we're able to, to grow and we're able to glorify God in this act as verse 8 tells us. But notice in verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Every branch in me. There's an option for Christians to not work in their spiritual life. Ones who do not produce fruit. Ones who are out there who are not working. James 2 refers to this as a dead faith. A dead faith with no works. Is a, excuse me, a faith with no works is dead. And that is not pleasing the eyes of God. Christ says those branches are cast out. He takes away. Verse 2 refers to it being taken away. What happened to the church? Or the warning the church in Ephesus. Christ was going to reach in and take his candlestick out. It's no longer pleasing in the eyes of God. Let's make sure that's not happening here in the church today. Let's make sure we're continually faithful. Let's make sure we're continually bearing fruit out there in our everyday walks of life. And every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes that it, bear, that it may bear more fruit. So wait a minute. So let me, let me think about this. So as I'm growing spiritually, and I get good at one thing, 
say saying a prayer. Saying a prayer is difficult for some folks. Just speaking up in a in a in a group, say I try, and I'm good at it. I, 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 I excel at it. I'm able to say, speak clearly, and I'm able to project my voice and everyone can hear it. And it's coming from my heart. And it's pleasing to God. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, if you try that and you stumble a little bit, but then you try it again, you get a little better and you get a little better, it gets easier. It gets easier. Then you're able to try on something else. Just in the work of a, a worship service, how about the Lord's Supper? Well, I know a lot of people will say, well, that's special. That's set aside. That's different. It's not. It's an act of worship. If you look at the five acts of worship, they're all equal in God's eyes. So as you try this and you, and you excel at it, you're able to serve God more, bearing more fruit. You ever talk to somebody about God? Talk to somebody about Jesus Christ and what He has done for them. A lot of folks are going to turn you away, but some are going to listen. I've noticed that in my own personal life, in my own personal interactions with folks. Most are not going to want to hear it, but some like to talk about it. To bear more fruit. And in verse 3, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Let's think about the idea of being clean in the eyes of God. As each and every one of us tonight have been baptized for the remission of sins. That's a cleansing process. We've put away the works of the world, or we should have. We put away the works of the world, and we put Christ on, and we're trying our very best to walk in this world as Christ himself walked. By the examples that he has led, and for us to follow. By attaching ourselves to him being divine in this, in this teaching. So as we can be in a covenant relationship with him. So he, can, he be, so he can call us that friends so we can bear fruit. And then, of course, we're moving on to verse 5. We're going to get there, and without him we can do nothing. Those branches that don't bear fruit just taken away. And we're going to see those, the outcome of those branches that are taken away in just a few minutes. But already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. The idea of putting away the world. Us as Christians today, us as a disciple of Christ or a child of God, all the same thing as we're obedient to that. It's a continual walk. It's a continual choice in our everyday walks of life to be obedient to God. Christ says here, just because you've been baptized for the remission of sins, that one act doesn't mean you're saved on judgment day. We got to bear fruit. This says, every branch in me, in verse 2, those who are already put Christ on, does not bear fruit, he takes away. God separates himself, removes you from that relationship, if you will. What does Isaiah, Isaiah 59 2 teach? Your sins and your iniquities separate you from God. That's what sin and iniquity does for us. Here, Christ is teaching God removes us. He takes us away from that vine, that being Jesus Christ. That separation happens. And what a sad state someone is in when they sin and they don't repent and turn back to Christ. And in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Well, let's look at a, a branch. It ain't necessarily have to be a vine. Of course, Christ is using the, the example of a grapevine. 
So let's think about just a branch. How many of y'all have trimmed a tree? Cut them limbs off there because they're unnecessary. It's growing wild and you're cutting them off, right? And you're cutting them off and you're cutting them off and you, and you pile them off to the side. What happens to those leaves as you cut off? What happens to them? They dry up, they wither away, and that limb dies. I was kind of taken away by once, and this, this passage of Scripture came to my mind whenever I was moving some wood around. It had been two, maybe three weeks since I've cut this log up. I'm moving this stuff around, and not long and behold, I pull up, there's a, there's a little twig growing off this limb, this little log is cut off. There's a little twig growing off, and the leaves are just as bright and green. It had not died yet. I was like, what? That's, that, I was kind of taken away by that. And I was reminded of this. Here's your context. Just because we turn away, God does not cancel us away. We have an opportunity to come back. We, have, we can have an opportunity to have life yet again. Whenever the, uh, when the Jews and the Gentiles were in turmoil back in the first century when the church was brand new, and if you really study the idea of history, Christ is really driving the point that God is able to graft them in again, those who have fallen away. Those Jews who obey, those who obey because they were grafted in. They stumbled at Christ and they were taken away, right? They, they, they stumbled and they're no longer attached to Christ. They no longer have that covenant relationship with God because they couldn't accept Christ. But then they learn who Christ was. Christ says, God's able to graft you in. He's, he's able to put you back in to where you should be to attach you back to this vine. That can happen today. That can happen about the idea of you turning away and walking away from Christ as so many people did back then and so many people do today. When the going gets tough, a lot of folks get going. And that's sad to know that folks lose their idea or their hope of salvation because something difficult happened in their life. We need to make sure that doesn't happen. Guys, we stay attached to that true vine. Keep the ways of the world out and stay focused on Christ. Abide in me. So wait a minute. Okay, hold on just a second. Let's, let's get this idea of abiding. I've made this comment before and I'm going to say it again. To abide means to stay. It doesn't mean to, to, to come and go as you please. Abide means to stay, to hang on to, to Stay in. Uh, in John chapter 15, look over in verses 9 and 10. We're going to see this again context of abiding or, or, or staying in Christ. John 15, verse 9 and 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. All right, well, how do you abide in Christ's love? If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments. And abide in his love. Abide there is the same. To stay in, to abide in Christ, to not come and go as you please. Pick and choose when you want to be faithful. Oh, so many people do that today. And it's displeasing in the eyes of God. And you are not abiding in Christ if you are doing so. That idea of, I'll go away for a little while. I'm going to give up on worship service and I'll, I'll just go however I want to. And I'll come back in two months. Sometimes that two months never happens. Because we're creatures of habit. We are. Let's, let's be real with ourselves. 
we get stuck in our habits, we continue to do so, and we get in a habit or we get acclimated or we get used to staying away from church, staying away from a worship service, staying away from a Bible class. It gets easier the longer you stay away. It gets more difficult to come back. And how sad is that? So as we abide in Christ, we're going to stay in Him. We're going to hang on to Him with everything that we have. And I and you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Again, you cut that branch off, it's going to die and wither because it's no longer getting the nutrients from the root, from the ground, that being Christ. Our spiritual uh, nourishment is coming from Christ. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So let's make sure we're not dying spiritually. Let's make sure we're not there trying to go our own path. As again, so many people today think they are able to do to change God's word and to custom fit it for them. No, that's not what God wants. God wants us to conform ourselves to his word. He wants us to change, not for us to change his word. Because as we change his word, it's no longer the truth, as we made that study before. And Christ himself, he says in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It doesn't say a lie. Christ does not say a lie will set you free. He says the truth will. And in verse 5, John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I had a conversation with an individual a couple of days ago, and he made mention of someone needing to find God. And this person has been in a church building for I know in at least three years. I know. I said, wow, what did you just say? This, this person needs to find God. It was, it was kind of disturbing that he thought he knew God, that he was in a covenant relationship with him, and he wasn't being obedient. So this idea of abiding in Christ, being outside of Christ, he teaches in verse 5, we can't do anything without him. We're going to perish without him. So we need Christ in our heart. We need Christ in our life. Because he offers life, and he's the only one who can. And in verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Hold on a minute. Let's, let's look at verse 2 yet again. We're going to couple this with verse 6. The very first half of verse 2, John chapter 15. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, that being God, takes away. So therefore, if you're taken away from the branch, you're going to die, you're going to perish, and you're going to be, what? In verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, therefore God has removed you. Therefore, if you're not abiding in him... You're not producing fruit. God has removed you. And Christ says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. Just like that branch that you cut when you're trimming those trees. Those leaves will dry up, wither up, and it just dies. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Here's a representation of Judgment Day. 
Notice staying in Christ, producing fruit, life. Life. What he offers, right? He offers life today and he offers life everlasting. Here we see an opportunity for individuals to have death. Fire burning outside of Christ. Christ knows that there are going to be few to find him, few to seek him, few to be obedient. He knows this. Yet still he came to this earth, folks. He came to put flesh on. He came to condemn sin in the flesh and lived a perfect life just as you and I live every single day. We have an opportunity to live a sin-free life. We have that opportunity. It's difficult. It is difficult to be obedient to Christ's commands. But he done it. Our Lord and Savior done it. He was faithful to his Father until his death. Let's make sure we're not gathered together to be burned, cast into that fire on Judgment Day. Because on that day, the faithful and the unfaithful will be sorted out. Couple this with the uh, parable of the wheat and the tares. Remember the parable of the wheat and the tares? Because those ones who sowed to seed, well, let's go pick those tares out. He says, no, no, don't do that lest you pull up the wheat with it. Don't do that. I'll let my reapers, when harvest time comes, sort it out. Folks, that's judgment day. <clears throat> let's make sure we're not that tare. Let's make sure we're not here in the true vine. Let's make sure we're not that branch that's cast out. The one that God has cut off. The one who does not bear fruits. The one who doesn't even care about Christ. They'll be gathered together to be burned. And in verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now let's think about this verse 7. If you was to be a worldly-minded person, that, that carnal mind, which is we result in, in Romans chapter 8, the result of that type of mind is death. We're, we're thinking about that type of person. If we was to read verse 7, so what you telling me all i got to do is trust in Christ? He's going to give me everything I desire? Yeah, if you're praying in His name. But someone who is not a faithful Christian, someone who is not that child of God, is going to be praying for odd things. Things that's not pleasing to that. Lord, give me a million dollars. That's not praying in Christ's name. Lord, give me everlasting life upon this earth. Please let me never die. Well, Hebrews 9.27 tells us of course, pointed for men to die once and after this the judgment. That's someone who's unfaithful, right? No, no, no. Christ is talking to faithful Christians. If you abide in me, all right, again, abide in me, following his commands, abiding in his love, and my words abide in you, right? He's gonna, we're going to know how we are to pray. We're going to know how to think. We're going to know how to conduct ourselves. We're going to know how to talk to our Heavenly Father and ask for the things that we need. All right, we need. You will ask what you desire, and it will be given, excuse me, and it will be done for you. Let me ask you a question. Why are you spiritual tonight? Why, why are you spiritual? Why are you following Christ? Why are you being obedient to our Heavenly Father? Why are you doing that? For the promise of salvation. Don't we desire that? 
Don't we desire salvation? That's why we're here tonight. That's why we're being obedient to God to the best of our ability in our everyday walks of life, staying attached to Christ, giving up the world, telling Satan we want nothing to do with him. That's the reason why we're doing the things that we're doing today, being a child of God. Because he offers everlasting life. Heaven. No pain, no suffering. And we've covered this many times where he will take all tears and wipe them away. That's the power of God. We all shall see that one day, faithful and unfaithful. But the promise is a little bit different for the two parties, those who are attached to Christ and those who are outside of Christ. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. I know I've referenced this many times, and many of y'all probably know it by heart. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. The, the things that we desire, the things that we keep fresh into our minds because Christ's word is abiding in us. John chapter, or 1 John, excuse me, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. When John writes and he says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have everlasting life, so as you may that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. These things that I have, let me get it right one more time, verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Do we know that we have salvation tonight? Only you can answer yourself for that. Are you continuously attached to Jesus Christ? Is his word abiding in you? Are you abiding in his love? Are you keeping his commandments? Oh, there we go. Jeremy, that's a whole nother ball of wax of keeping Christ's commands. It gets difficult out there in the world. Well, it's supposed to, folks. It's supposed to be difficult being a Christian. It's easy being a worldly person. It's easy doing whatever, however you want to behave. It's easy to do that. It's difficult to restrain yourself. It's difficult to be obedient. It's difficult to focus our minds on Christ on certain times. It's difficult. But this difficult walk is worth it. It's worth it. To be out there in the world being that shining light that we should be in, that we should be, excuse me, leading other folks to it. What a wonderful work. As we are keeping his commands, so as we shall be, that child of light. And in verse 8 one more time. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And here's your lesson. If you are not bearing fruit, if you are not keeping Christ's commands, you are not his disciple. You can call yourself a Christian all you want. Well, I'm a Christian. I, I hear that so much. My, my, my faith, my, my, my belief is in Christ. I see how you're acting. I see how you're talking. It's a whole different story. And Christ sees the very same thing. We can call ourselves whatever we want. But how are we behaving? Who do we look like in the community? Yeah, it's easy to, to show restraint. It's easy to show our faith in the household of faith. 
we're about to walk out of these doors to start a new week, which we've already started the week. It's the first day of the week. we got a few days to go before we meet again on Wednesday night. Troublesome times come. It's how we shine our, excuse me, how we let our little light shine in between Sunday and Wednesday. And then Wednesday to Sunday yet again. I seriously hope that we are bearing much fruit. And I seriously, seriously hope that we are Christ's disciples. Remember the lesson this morning? If you're not with me, you're against me. Let's make sure we're not against Christ on Judgment Day. Let's make sure we are attached to Him. Let's make sure we're bearing much fruit so on Judgment Day we can stand before our Heavenly Father and say, I'm Jesus Christ's disciple. And to hear those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. Isn't that much better? Isn't that much, much better than depart from me, you workers of iniquity, or to be cast into the fire to be burned? It's much better to be obedient I didn't say it was hard, but it's better on Judgment Day. So my encouragement tonight, do not walk out of these doors tonight not being Jesus Christ's disciple. Our Heavenly Father has created an escape for whenever we do not abide in Christ's love. When we don't abide in Christ. Because keep in mind, what's being taught is God is able to graft us back in. He doesn't cut us away and throw us away. Mm-mm. Remember that log that bears the little, the, the little sprout of green on that log that I had found rolled over? It was a section log, two foot long, with a little green sprout sticking off the side of it. I thought to myself, God does not give up on us. He patiently waits for us to come back. What a wonderful lesson. So my encouragement tonight, don't be lost. Be saved. Come back to God so as He can attach you back to the true vine that is Jesus Christ so you can be His disciple. Does that need to happen tonight? Does repentance, does encouragement of the church, why don't we get that encouragement as we stand, as we sing that song of invitation?